0: What's up? Welcome to the Fit Trials Podcast. I'm Tori. I'm an online fitness coach possessed by cultivating fitness transformations. I take the exhausted, tried-everything individual and breathe them into a healthy lifestyle machine. With guest appearances from other entrepreneurs in all industries, we tackle the trials and tribulations of fitness and business together and have a little fun in between. So if you're ready to level up, let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of the Fit Trials podcast. I am your host, Tori, fitness coach for perfectionist millennials who have long thrived on instant gratification and suffer from that stubborn, all or nothing mentality. I'm here with my good friend and new soul sister, practically Lauren. She helps female entrepreneurs find a holistic and soul driven approach to business and is host of the rich soul radio podcast. And I would love to have her introduce herself before I give her, um, some rapid fire questions. So Lauren, go ahead and just quickly introduce yourself and what's your story.
1: All right. Whew. Okay. So I'm Lauren and I am from Australia, obviously, um, I'm a mum of three and I am the creator and founder of Rich Soul Revolution. And it's our mission to basically help you to take a more holistic and soul-driven approach to business. And we do this through a balance of mindset soul and strategy because i learned the hard way that you have to have a really healthy balance of these things in order to succeed because if you don't have if one's not locked down and on point then the rest is just a shit show so um yeah we just help women to really harness their vision and to connect in with their soul and to make a business that feels good And yeah, it's, we basically just believe that your success is inevitable and it gets to be easy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and I'm totally going to come back to that statement because that was like a life changing statement because we, we met at the Abundant Entrepreneur Summit, which those of you that missed it happened a few weeks ago. Um, it was my first ever ever virtual
1: event. Was it yours too? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah never even attended a virtual event before.
0: Yeah. Like so cool. Very, very different. I had my doubts at first, but it was awesome. So that's where we met. And although Lauren's focus is business, we are going to have, of course, a bit of a fitness twist on today's episode. So those of you who are like, uh, I'm not here for the entrepreneur stuff. Don't tune out just yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so we don't sound like robots. I've just added a few new rapid fire question section to the beginning of my interviews there's just five of them are you ready i think so <laughs> <laughs> okay so first things come first thing that comes to mind first thing that pops into your head what's one thing you never forget to pack for travel
1: ooh um one thing that i never forget to pack for travel probably my phone it sounds yep. so terrible
0: <laughs> that would that would have been my my immediate reaction too if you were yeah. trapped in one season forever what would it be spring Oh, really? With all the rain? Oh, man. Yeah, but I
1: mean, it doesn't rain that much here.
0: Oh, good point. Good point. Would you rather be able to breathe underwater or fly? Fly. Oh, good answer. If you could magically have any new skill tomorrow, what would it be?
1: Oh, this one I just spoke about. So I would want to be able to freeze time.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Because
1: I feel like I never have enough of it. But if I could like pause everything else and then get all my stuff done and then come back to like everything being normal again i feel like i would be like the queen of the world
0: oh that would be amazing like like hermione time turner situation
1: <laughs> yes yes. <laughs> yes
0: and last question what's something you want to do before you die
1: oh, um just travel more like i just want to see more parts of the world i'm obsessed with traveling and at the moment i'm missing it like crazy
0: Oh, I knew we were meant to be. I love to travel too. So you are a soul expert. And when I really witnessed your expertise, you were talking about flow. And I totally resonated with that because I'm a hustler. Many of those who listen to this podcast are as well. And we wear busy like a badge of honor because that's what we've associated with success. And in fitness, primarily, we try to do all the things and perform highly at those things because in our minds, that's the fastest Track to success, but we end up burning out. We can't grasp consistency. Moderation is like the biggest challenge of all. So tell us about flow, how you found it, and maybe some tangibles on how a perfectionist, high achieving, hustling millennial might find it in fitness or in
1: life. Yeah. And I just want to sort of preface that by saying that that is me. Like I am a perfectionist. I am a high achiever. I am. You know, I'm a Virgo and like a two on the enneagram, which means that like I live for making other people happy at my own expense. Mm. Um, and yeah, I found myself on the bathroom floor one day, bawling my eyes out, burnt out, with three young kids trying to do all the things, be, do, and have it all. And I had not like I felt like I I was getting nowhere. Like I was spinning my wheels, and I just had this kind of epiphany, I guess that if I wanted it to be a certain way, I had to decide that it was that way. I had to make the decision to make it that way. If I couldn't find a way for it to be, and for me, it was literally like, there had me crying, going, there has to be a better way. There has to be a better way. And then it was like, if you want there to be a better way, you have to make a better way. And that's how my business was actually born. That's how I kind of fell into this, spiritual journey that I've ended up on and it just kind of snowballed from there. So the biggest sort of thing that I want to say is that whether it's your fitness journey or just connecting with your soul to, you know, feel fulfillment, whatever it is for you, just decide right now that it gets to be easy and it gets to be the way that you decide it is. So if you're sitting there going, it's so hard to lose those last five pounds, or it's so hard for me to feel happy. It's so hard. Like Life is just so hard. If you're feeling that way, you get to decide that. You get to decide to shift your perspective and go, all right, well, what if what if this was easy? What if this was something so beautiful and my journey and those challenges were actually a really beautiful thing for me to experience. And that's basically flow. It's just when everything comes together and it's, you know, the definition of flow is an optimal state. So when you see athletes that are performing highly, like the likes of Michael Jordan and the likes of, you know, all of these really famous athletes that are well known for their, for their performance, when they're on the court or on the field that's flow all of these big name you know performing artists taylor swift Katy perry when you go to their concert and they're performing they're in their state of flow that's all it is it's just this optimal performance space and like for the likes of fitness it would be when you're in the zone you know it's when you're at the gym and you're working out and you feel good it's that overall good feeling.
0: Mm, Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And it's, I feel like for, for some people who haven't had, who, who've always felt like just life in general has been an uphill battle (laughs) for some of the, for some of those people listening, that must be, that must seem like something so Unreachable and un- unattainable, what would you say to them for someone who just feels like? I actually had a client today who said um, one of her goals is to quit smoking. And she said, Well, my whole family smokes. I just don't see how this can be possible in the long term. I just feel like I'm never going to escape it. What would you say to those people who maybe have never had a taste of what flow feels like or have never really had things feel easy? What would you say to encourage them and keep them going?
1: yeah so I just come back to that decision making you know like when you when you have that you know maybe it's that Snickers bar like oh I just can't give up that Snickers bar or I just can't give up smoking or you know working out is just so hard and it's just it's such a challenge that's you making a decision that it's like that so you could say all right maybe today if I just decide that it's easy for me not to smoke, or it's easy for me not to have the Snickers bar for lunch. It's easy for me to do 10 crunches. It's easy for me to drink more water, whatever that is for you. Or it's easy for me to just lean into that nudge. And the thing is, when I say making a decision, I call it like a heart-centered, soul-driven decision. So it's like, does this feel good for me? Does it feel good for me to imagine a reality where i no longer smoke i no longer have that craving i no longer have that urge or i no longer want to eat that snickers bar what does that create for me what possibility is on the other side of that decision and when we can anchor into the possibility because that's what we want like we we essentially we want the end result mm. so we can anchor into the end result that possibility so for example to use the smoking example the end result is a healthier lifestyle. The end result is, you know, minimizing your risk of long-term health things like cancer and emphysema and, and all these, you know, nasty things that we're now realizing are so terrible for us. When you can anchor into that and being fit and healthy and being able to run with your kids, being able to do all the things that you want to do, when that's the possibility, when we can anchor into that, it's much easier to then make the decision And it's all conditioning as well. So we've been conditioned our entire life to believe things look a certain way, that they are a certain way. But if you just go, what if that's not true? What if that's not my truth anymore? You get to decide your truth. It's kind of like just
0: challenging those beliefs in a powerful, confident way, just saying, you know, this, this might've been true for a large part of my life, but It doesn't have to be true. The moment that I decide that is so, Oh, that's so powerful. So powerful. I love that so much. So I remember, um, seeing a post that you had made a few weeks ago, I want to say, and it was talking about, you know, programs that haven't fit someone. And so many of my clients that I work with, I'm typically not their first trainer or their first coach. And they come to me, feeling deflated because they think the problem is them. You know Their other coach, it wasn't the other coach that failed them. It was them that was the problem or other things that you had said in the post was feeling frustrated that they just can't get it right or disheartened because they feel like they're failing or they don't have what it takes or embarrassed or inadequate, sad, disappointed, or a big one, which was burned by the coaching industry. Yeah. What signs? Would you say we should look for in ourselves that the people around us, be it the coach we hire, the friends we keep around, or whatever, are good fits for our souls? Or more importantly, how can we identify things that don't energetically match with us? What are the,
1: some signs we can look for? All right. So first off, you just have to ask straight out, and it's like this rapid fire question that we just did. It's like you just you just ask, and whatever comes up first is like you explore that. So just ask like, does this make me feel good? Does this relationship make me feel good? Does this coach make me feel good? Does this trainer make me feel good? And not in the sense that like, you know, obviously at the time when you're working out and they're kind of pushing you, you're kind of like, I kind of hate you a little bit. I want to punch you in the face. (laughs) You know, if I have to do one more burpee, I might throw up. Like, you know, if you're feeling like that, then like, that's a bit different. But if it's like, does this relationship make me feel good? and if the answer is no then you need to maybe distance yourself and think about it and think about what your boundaries are and what your your expectations out of the relationship are and i can use an example and you know i'm i'm glad that she won't be listening to this podcast probably but my mum okay so I know at the moment I'm going through some dealing, some, you know, um, healing some motherhood wounds and this is normal for everybody by the way. So it's not that, you know, any like dis on my mom, but I'm healing some wounds and I realized the other day that every time we have a conversation, like a specific conversation, um, it always comes back to one of my biggest flaws about how messy I am. Cause I am, I'm just a slob kebab. Like I am <laughs> such, I'm such a mess. Um, And it always comes back to that. And it was triggering me because I'm like, can you just see all of the good that I do in the world just for one minute, instead of telling me about like my flaws. And I realized that I have to maybe take a little bit of a shift and a transition in our relationship right now, because as I'm up leveling and as I'm focusing on healing some old wounds and doing those things, our relationship isn't actually serving me at the highest good. And it's causing a bigger divide between us because I'm not in a space right now where I can take her her criticism and her judgment because I'm trying to up level and I just don't have space for that. And I literally say to her, I'm sorry, I don't hold space for you right now. Like, I'm sorry, mom, I can't hold space for you because like your vibe, your thing is tearing me down and I need to be up because if I'm down, then I can't make the impact that I need to make in this world. Mm-hmm. So that's like a little bit of a different example, but if it's your personal trainer, if it's your coach, if it's somebody in your life, if it's your partner not supporting you, this is a huge one. This is, I, I deal with a lot of women who are like, you know, I have this big dream, but my husband doesn't support it. And I just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just say like you, like, obviously I'm not saying like, just leave your husband and, and distance yourself. But, you <laughs> have to you, him but now. Leave him yeah. now. <laughs> walk walk away no um I'm definitely not like an advocate for that I think um you know I've I've had my own struggles with that in the past where my husband couldn't see the vision that I could see and this this happens a lot too and in the health journey I think that you could relate it back to like you know people are like there. sometimes people want to give their version of love to you in the only way they know how to and it's the same with like you know there's no personal trainer or coach out there that's that's telling you something out of spite or nastiness it's what they believe to be true Hmm. so just because their truth and your truth don't match up doesn't mean either one of you are wrong and that's another really kind of important point to make is that like just because you don't resonate with their truth doesn't mean they're wrong it doesn't mean you're wrong it just means that there's like a misalignment there so just go on the search for someone who is aligned yeah absolutely i like i like that you said that just
0: because it 's not your truth or it 's not their truth doesn't mean that yours is wrong i think that's so so important because and and i think to elaborate on that too everyone grows at different paces and everyone prioritizes different things in different seasons of your life. And that can get exponentially more complicated the more your family grows and the more you proceed through life. And that's what I really hammer into the people that I work with, because typically the people who work with me are either in the dating game or they're not married yet. And so right now really is the best time for them to prioritize their fitness and their health because they have far less demands. Oh, know from there. <laughs> yeah, 100% far less demands than someone who has kids, has a family, has um, a career or is trying to start a business like that all gets more complicated, the older you get. And so when people are like, well, I just want to wait until I'm more secure in my job or I want to wait until I, you know, do X, X, and X. And I have to remind them, you know, there are not going to be perfect conditions For you to start in fact the conditions are only going to get more complicated down the road and I think something I I really wanted to get your opinion on was on validation because I think a lot of people are looking for permission to make the step that they're afraid to make and um, last week when we were when we were on your podcast a question that came up and a question that I love to ask my clients is what are you pretending not to know, which is kind of like, what are you avoiding? What are you trying to push away? So what can you say on validation or when people are looking for permission to make that step, and maybe they're not used to looking for things from the universe or looking for signs, what can you advise on to get people in touch with their intuition and not require permission from anyone else and just have the empowerment to step into what they really want to work on and change in their life
1: yeah and I love that question because I deal with a lot of people who are wanting to like they're kind of on the cusp of their you know their conscious journey but their their ego is holding them back so I want you to acknowledge that anytime that sort of that voice is coming up that's kind of shouting at you that's like, you know, you can't do it or you shouldn't do it. You wouldn't, you know, you don't have the means to do it or you're not, you know, you're not fit enough yet or it's not the right time. Or if you just stay the way you are, then, you know, when you, and it's those kind of that excuse mentality of like, oh, you know, when I'm, you know, when I get engaged, I'll start working out more or, you know, I'll start on Monday or I'll start next year. It's all those things. That's your ego telling you to stay small Mm -hmm. so when you hear that shout and it is it's it's like a big like you can't do this and it's like it's so true because it's it's like a cultivation of everyone that you've ever known who's ever said that to you that's ever told you no it's like a cultivation of all of their voices and it's like screaming at you and it's it's the evidence that your that your ego is trying to give you to keep you safe, to keep you small. But the thing is, if you quieten down that shout for just a second, you'll hear this tiny little whisper. And this tiny little whisper will say, you can do it, you've got this. And that little whisper is your soul. And that little whisper needs to become your guiding force. So if you can just listen to that tiny little whisper, and then the more you listen to it, the more the whisper goes, okay, I, I've got space to stand up now. Okay, cool. Yeah, now, okay, now I can talk louder. Now she's hearing me. he has got it. Yes. Okay, so that's how it works. But we're so used to listening to our mind and our mind is where, you know, all of the evidence from our past is stored. So all of these files of, you know, that time that you fell off the monkey bars, you couldn't quite get across it when you were five and someone laughed at you and you looked silly or that time that, you know, you were in high school and and the boy you liked turned around and said, no, you're too fat or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Um, All of those moments get stored and then our brain likes to pull them out and flash them in front of our eyes to say, see, if you stay here, you're safe if you step over there, we have no idea what's going to happen. Mm. So when your soul pipes up and says like, Hey, why don't we try this new trainer? Or, Hey, why don't we, why don't we try, you know, a keto diet or, you know, you really need to be eating more greens like you and you'll feel it. Like you'll have this kind of like, Hmm, maybe I should eat a salad today. And then your brain will be like, nah, let's go with the big Mac. because <laughs> <laughs> And it's good. And I'm craving all those like, nasty chemicals that are just going to like give me a quick hit hit of like dopamine and make me all happy. And then your soul's like, yeah, but like kale's really delicious and it's really good for you. And like, that's how it works. So follow that gut punch, follow that little tiny message that's coming through and you'll find that you'll feel better and you'll find that you'll start getting results faster.
0: Hmm. Yes, that's so good. And I loved, I loved how I kind of had like a flashback moment of earlier in the conversation, you were talking about anchors and Mm -hmm. how there are certain things that, you know, can, can either like they can ground you or they can possibly hold you back. And in fitness, I see you're either like one of two people. You're a person who thrives really well off of like seeing the future and seeing what could be the light at the end of the tunnel. You're either someone who really does well with that but actually, most of the time I find people are the other side of the coin that it's actually more powerful for them to push away from those things that have been holding them back, such as um, you know negative experiences from their fitness, like not being able to keep up with friends when you go to the park or feeling uncomfortable when you are... On an airplane or something like that, that's just kind of like feeling uncomfortable putting on clothes in a dressing room. um, Those things are actually more powerful than saying, Oh, I can't wait to feel good when I eat healthy. Like sometimes that's just not graspable enough for some people. So, what can you speak to about leaning into pain and using pain as a driver?
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I always say that fear is a good thing. Okay. So if you're feeling fearful and you know, it's it's that fear, that pain, it's good. Okay. If you can use that as like your, your kind of your driving force and that's like your navigation system. So like if I'm scared and I'm feeling that anxious, like, Oh my God, can I do this feeling? Um, I know that nine out of 10 times I will be like the other side of that is the growth. And on the other side of that, and the other one time, it is probably that like, it doesn't work out, but I get a kick-ass lesson out of it. So I always say that you either get like a lesson or a blessing. So if you take the step, you either get what you want, or you get a lesson to drive you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And I would say that like using your pain and your fear and, and those, you know, like those kind of uncomfortable feelings as like a driving force to say, am I heading in the right direction? Do I feel a little bit fearful about this? Yeah, great. Learning to dance with your fear is the most powerful thing you'll ever do in your life. Learning to go, okay, I'm feeling a little bit scared, but I'm going to lean in anyway. I'm going to just trust and surrender. And I know those words are trigger words. Like Mm. I know right now, you're. (laughs) Yes. What do you mean by trust? And then all the evidence that I was just talking about that your brain goes, yeah, but how can you trust the universe when this has happened to you, when this has happened to you? Are you sure the universe has your back? Because seriously, like all of this shit has happened in your life. And how could you say that the universe has your back in that instance? How can you say that like the universe has your best interest when, you know, that time you fell off the monkey bars and looked silly? Remember that time? So what I would say is that like, yeah, but remember that time that you learn how to get up off the ground and try again. Mm. You know, so there is always going to be a lesson there. So if you can't find the blessing, if you can't find like you don't get the end result that you want, say it's that last five pounds or it's taking a little bit longer, what's the lesson? The lesson is maybe you could go, okay, well maybe I need to see what's triggering me. Maybe I need to see why I'm so concerned with those five, those last five pounds. Maybe I need to understand on a deeper level what that five pounds means for me. Does it mean that it's just a number on a scale? Does it mean that I get to fit into my favorite pair of jeans again? Does it mean that I am healthy and can you know run and can enjoy my life? What does it mean for me? When you can anchor into that, then the fear doesn't matter anymore, but you should always use fear and pain as like your driving force. And not as like a, I'm running away from, but I'm leaning into. Mm, Yeah.
0: Big, big difference between those two. And I love, I actually love that you mentioned the scale because I hear this all the time where people, I mean, you probably saw the trend where people were smashing their scales with hammers (laughs) and like throwing them out the window and driving cars over them and stuff. And I was like, you know, like, it's exactly what you said. Things hold the meaning we give them. And so I, I actually made a, an Instagram post that was like, you know, the metal square with batteries that sits on your floor is not judging you. You are judging you <laughs> by what the number pops up. And so I love, I love that you mentioned that. That's so key. And I, I know that we talked about this before the episode, but It's the question that I ask all of my guests at the conclusion of an episode, which is what trials of fitness have you been put through? What's something difficult you've had to overcome and how did you do it?
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's a beautiful segue from the scales because that's part of my struggle. That's part of what I kind of went through to get to where I am now. And I guess like this is going to be a bit of a long-winded story, guys. I'm sorry. I love it. Lead on us. <laughs> <laughs> um so you know my since i was about 14 i have had a really severe eating disorder and as i you know got older i've had some health issues that include endometriosis polycystic ovary syndrome um, i had three children and i also had a pretty serious food addiction that was used to as a band-aid to keep me avoiding what my truth was it was keeping me avoiding myself and the parts of myself that i wanted to to hide from so with all of that i ended up getting quite heavy and that only made my health issues worse so last year i decided that i would undergo weight loss surgery and i didn't make this decision lightly. It wasn't like, it definitely was not for me, like the easy way out. It was actually the harder way out because I wanted to be able to face myself. I wanted to be able to face my soul and not have the distraction, not have that like feeling of I'm 50 something kilos overweight. And I, you know, that was now consuming for me. Mm. So it kept me it kept me that was keeping me small because I wasn't able to show up on a live video confidently because every time I looked at myself, I hated what I saw. Um, so I underwent um weight loss surgery. I've now lost fifty-two kilos, which I again I'm not sure about what that is in pounds, but it's a lot. Like it's, it's half a <laughs> it's a lot, it's like a hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, it's like half my body weight. So now I weigh pretty much what I've lost. And um the person who I get to show up as now is so different. And I don't attribute that to like necessarily like the, like I I didn't value weight loss in like a, you know, kind of a vein, um, I want to look hot kind of way. Um, I mean, that's an added bonus. I feel so, you know, attractive now and I'm confident and, you know, our, my marriage is better because now I'm like, look at me before I was like, don't look at me. So, you know, like it's, definitely improved my life but the biggest thing that it's allowed me to do is take that worry and take that thing that was the roadblock off the table so now instead of when I look into my soul I don't think about oh no like I'm too fat to do that or I'm too unhealthy I'm now I think about like how lucky am I to be so healthy how lucky am I to have that health in my life that now you know, I say that being rich is a combination of being wealthy, healthy, and happy. So now that I can put my health back on the table and make my health a priority, everything in my life has changed. Now I have all three. Before, I had one to two at any given time, but I never had the health. I could never get the health down pat. And still, it's a journey. I'm still on this journey. I'm still, you know, um, going through day-to-day learning what i can eat learning what i can't eat learning you know a whole new way of living and my biggest takeaway from the whole experience is that doing this allowed me to evolve so much and i'm not saying go and you know get go and get 70 of your stomach removed that's definitely not i would not (laughs) unless you were Unless like you were in the health position where it was a necessity. And for me, it was a necessity because I was working out, I was doing all the things and certain health issues were standing in my way of actually losing the weight. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I spoke to many medical professionals. It was not a, a, it was not a decision that I just went, you know, Hey, I know what I'll do. I'll just get my stomach cut out and then I won't have any issues right. because after <laughs> Yeah. And after that, so six months later, I then had my gallbladder taken out because a common um, kind of complicate, well, it's not a complication, but a common thing that happens is because you lose weight so fast, your gallbladder kind of has a meltdown and freaks out and then starts producing gallstones. So I had my gallbladder taken out. Um, And so that was also then another surgery that I had to recover from. And it made my recovery time a lot longer because I was still kind of, you know, adjusting to having 70% of a major organ removed from my body that then I had another organ removed and my body was like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, and I was like, God, you guys keep taking organs out and I'm going to, there's going to be nothing inside there. So, you know, I then had to to get over that as well. And getting over that was its own spiritual journey for me. Yeah. I bet that was so
0: like growth inducing. Like I I can imagine how much, I mean, anyone who has ever been hospitalized or has had an injury or anything like just the recovery in and of itself is a mental journey, (laughs) an emotional journey. Like I didn't even, I didn't go through, you know, half what most people experience with you know, certain surgeries, I had knee surgery from a soccer injury and that was crushing enough. So I have massive respect from, for people who, you know, have been through, you know, multiples procedures or procedures that have put them out for a very long time or have Mm -hmm. changed their body forever. Like it's, it's definitely a, a tasking Mm -hmm. experience. And I can only imagine the growth that you were able to achieve. And and I've never had anyone on the podcast, um, I know a few people who have had um, weight loss surgery, but I've never had anyone on the podcast before talk about it. So this is really, really valuable because I know that there are some people listening um, who, you know, might be considering it or might know people considering it. So having this firsthand account is so valuable.
1: Yeah, and again, I want to say, you know, like obviously for me, I did not make this decision lightly, and I'm not a doctor. I'm not here to tell you go and do it, but I can tell you that it was the best decision for me and my health and what every sort of pound or kilo that I was carrying that was extra was baggage for me. It was, it was, it literally manifested, it was all of my misery, all of those things that for my whole life that I had accumulated. And, you know, even with the eating disorder, the eating disorder came from somewhere. I was bulimic for many years and it, and even that in itself has been a struggle after the surgery, because sometimes I'll eat and I actually have to throw up because I've eaten too much. Like it's, it's my body can't, my, my stomach can't hold it. So that in itself was a trigger for me. So it's been like a huge mental journey, but every kilo or pound that I've lost is space that I've created for myself. Mm, that is... So even though now physically, I don't take up as much space. Energetically, I take up 10 times what I was taking up. You know, now when I walk into a room, you can feel my vibe. Now, when I'm speaking, you can feel me. Before it was like I was just there spilling words.
0: Oh, that's so, I just like got goosebumps like all over my body (laughs) from that statement. That's so cool. Oh, this has been such a treat to have you on the podcast today. Where can the good people find you on social? How can they connect with you? Do you have anything launching right now? Give us all the details.
1: Yeah. so I am on Instagram at Lauren.work and that's Q U I R K E. People always ask me, they're like, What is your luck <laughs> with an E? <laughs> um, and you can find me um, on my website, which is www.richsoulrevolution.com. And I do have a really awesome membership launching really soon. We're in the works at the moment. You guys are actually the first to hear about it. Um, Yes, surprise. Um, And it is for conscious coaches, creatives and leaders who want to really just create an amazingly, wildly successful business and revolutionize the way they do business and life. So in there, we've got all the business stuff, but also we've got healings, we've got Um, You know, the mindset work and the mindset can be attributed to any part of your life. I like to use business and life together because I really, truly believe that like it should be this beautiful fusion. Your business should not be like running your life. Your life should not be running your business. It should be like this beautiful collaboration of the two. So yeah, I've got that coming up and I'm always around just spilling my truth. (laughs) (laughs) Just spilling
0: it, sprinkling it where I can. (laughs) I love that. Oh, thank you so so much. Yeah, literally. Oh, and you'll be on um, Fireside Chats. You'll be a guest mentor for the program this round as well. So I'm very excited for that. We're going to love having you. And thank you again so much for coming onto the podcast, for enlightening us with everything flow related. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure.